You are listening to audio provided by FBC Farwell. To find more resources or to donate to this ministry, please check out fbcfarwell.org. Thankful that you are here this morning. Um, we're going to um, we're going to wrap up, I believe, uh, our study in um, rejoicing in hope. We this is our third week of uh, of looking at this topic of of hope. And we can have hope for eternity by placing our, our, our life uh, in the hands of Jesus Christ, by accepting Him as our Lord and Savior so we can have hope for all eternity. But listen, our hope is not just saved for eternity. We can have hope today. We can have hope every single day. And so I've been, uh, at the beginning of each one of these messages, I've been defining what it means to, be, to have hope. It's not this, well, I hope so. I hope I can have joy today. Or I hope if all of the circumstances, if, if uh, all of the stars align just perfectly, I can, have, I can have peace today. No, that's not what I'm talking about when I talk about hope. I am talking about hope is a confident assurance that God is faithful. It is a confident assurance that my hope, my joy, my peace can come from Jesus Christ no matter the circumstances. That's the hope that I'm talking about. That no matter what happens, no matter what's going on around me, or no matter what's going on inside of me, whether I caused it or whether someone else caused it, it's outside pressures pushing in on me or, or internal pressures pushing out on me. Listen, no matter what, I can have joy and peace. That's the hope that we are talking about. Hope. I've made this statement, and I hope this, that, uh, now that was a wishful hope. I hope that. Uh, you you got to catch yourself saying it all the time now. So, uh, I hope that you're beginning to see uh, if there are some places that you have misplaced hope. In other words, there's some, there's some things, there are some people that, person might even be your own self where you have you have placed uh, your hope to bring you joy and peace and and I hope that you're beginning to be able to see that man it's only it only can be found in Jesus Christ so I've made this statement that misplaced hope is the leading cause of cynicism misplaced hope is the leading cause of bitterness. Misplaced hope is a leading cause of joylessness. And I, I said this a couple of weeks ago, and let me just, because it's been a couple of weeks, let me just, man, this is what, this is just a revelation that has, has come to, my, to me in my own life just through this whole COVID thing. Kim and I have been talking about, uh, got, you know, what, what is God trying to teach us during this time? Because I believe that every crisis is an opportunity for us to grow. It's an opportunity for us to see what God is doing. And so, so I didn't want, I don't, I still don't want to miss it because it's not over. I don't want to miss what God is trying to teach me. And, and in one of those conversations back, I don't know, four or five months ago, uh, I, I told Kelly, and it, 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 it came out before I ever had a th the idea, of, before I ever had the chance to even think about what was coming out. And I'm glad that it did because I don't know that I would have said it even to my wife. I don't know that I would have said it publicly, but, but here's what I said. I, I think that COVID is revealing. It's uncovering this, this joylessness that is inside of me. 
And, and that's not normal for me. That's not natural for me. And, and, and I'm telling you, as soon as that came out, it, it hurt deeply that, that I had come to that realization. Not, not that I had just come to the realization, but it was a reality that, that there was this growing, and not just a little bit, a, but a growing joylessness inside of me. And, and it, 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 it burdened me so bad that I just began to, to study God's Word and, and read different books. And I was reading a book, this has been several months ago now, and he makes this statement. And he says, cynicism, uh, the, the, the death of hope is the cause of cynicism. Cynicism is, is, is bitterness, is, is joylessness. And, uh, and so I just, I began to dive in. I, I wanted to look up every single word in the Bible on the word hope. Like if I, if I am beginning to lose my hope, then, then, and that's what's causing this joylessness inside of me, then I want to gain it back. I know how, this is good news. I know how to get it back. I can get into the word of God and I can get it back. And so I did. I began to just study and study and study just on my own, just in just some personal quiet time on this word hope. And here's what I began to realize. It wasn't that I was hopeless. I began to realize that I had begun to put my hope in things that could not bring me joy. They're good things. They're not, they're not bad things, but they ultimately were going to fail when it came to truly bringing me joy, truly bringing me peace. And, and the more I studied God's Word, the more I began to, to read where, where, where the writers of God's Word were saying, I place my hope in you. I place my hope in you. It is in you that I, found my, that I find my hope. Again, to just do you know, just an inventory of my own life. What are some things that you've placed your hope in that hasn't come to fruition to bring you peace and joy? And that's where I came up with this statement. Misplaced hope is the leading cause of cynicism, bitterness, and joylessness. And I hope I've been, I've, been, I've been asking you questions over the last couple of weeks just to, just to get you to, to, to think. What are some things that you have placed your hope in that just didn't come through? Or what are some things that God has given you to enjoy, but you have, you've taken them farther than just enjoying them. You've, you've, you've now allowed them to be the source of your joy. You're trying to make them be the source of your joy. The reality is, is what God has given us to enjoy, and it can never be the source of our joy. Only He can be the source of our joy. And so, so I'm just, in my own life, man, I'm just digging into this. I'm studying God's Word and just, man, be, there's just a, a personal revival going on of, uh, uh, of joy, of, 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 of excitement again, of optimism again that I hadn't, and I didn't even realize that I'd begin to lose it. It's just like an erosion, you know, you just slowly, slowly goes away. And then I began to ask the question, what is the harm of not being able to rejoice in hope. What is the harm in not being able to rejoice in hope? Because here's, I, I don't know, I don't know that a lot of people take this seriously. If I had one message to preach. It would be the message of how we can have hope in Jesus Christ for eternity and hope for today. 
If I had only one message to preach, that's the message that I would preach because I believe the fallout of not being able to rejoice in hope, no matter what the circumstances are, are disastrous. It's been said that um, unforgiveness is like, is like pouring a, a, a shot of poison and drinking it yourself, hoping that it kills the person you're unwilling to, un- to forgive. That, that doesn't make sense, right? That, but that's, that's the weight of unforgiveness. It's, it's, it's pouring a drink of poison, drinking it yourself, and, and hoping that it kills the other person. Listen, cynicism, bitterness, joylessness is even worse. If you think that's bad, bitterness and cynicism is even worse. Cynicism is like drinking a shot of poison for every person who has the potential to harm you. Pretty soon, you will be all alone. No one will want to come around. Do you see the danger in that? Do you see the danger in the inability to rejoice in hope? Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. If you want to turn there, it's not going to be our main text. I'm going to look at several different texts this morning. But go ahead and just, uh, Proverbs chapter 13. Let's, let's, let's just start there. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. Hear what it says. Hope delayed makes the heart sick. Do you know if you place your hope in something to bring you joy and peace and it doesn't even have the ability to bring that to you, guess what is going to happen to your hope? It is going to be delayed. As a matter of fact, it will be delayed. If you ever had a, you ever had a flight, you're going somewhere, you're on a very, very tight schedule and, and, and you get, you get uh, the announcement that the flight is, is 30 minutes late and then, and then 30 minutes later it says it's, it's 30 minutes late again. And then 30 minutes later, it says it's an hour late. You know what's coming, right? Delayed. It's, it's delayed. It, and, and eventually, they just keep delaying it. They keep delaying it. And then they say this, flight is canceled. Hope delayed. Hope putting, put in something out, put in something other than Jesus Christ that has no ability to bring you joy and peace will be delayed, and eventually will be canceled. But look at what it says. Hope delayed makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Notice the contrast there. A desire fulfilled is the tree of life. If we put our hope in anything other than Jesus Christ to bring us joy, to bring us peace, to bring us acceptance, to bring us love, to bring us confidence, to bring us contentment, we will never experience those things that we desperately need. If we put our hope in anything else than Jesus Christ, we will never experience. And we need those things. We need, we need joy. We need contentment. We need acceptance. We need peace. We need love. We need confidence. Listen, our hope will be delayed, postponed, carried off, ultimately will be canceled because only Christ can provide it. Hope delayed, as the text says, makes the heart sick. So it begs the question, what does this sickness look like? What are the symptoms? 
Hope delayed makes the heart sick. What, what, is, what, is, what does it look like? Well, it looks like bitterness. It looks like joylessness. It looks like cynicism. It looks like unforgiveness. It even looks like depression. And Satan loves to use our hope in things like a, like a carrot on a stick. You think it's always out there. You just need to do this. You need to, you need to change this up. You need, to, you need to be this. You need to have this. You possibly even need to lower your standards for this. Or even, maybe even worse, you, you, you know that something has a bad outcome, but you go, you know what? Even though I know that possibly has a bad outcome, a bad outcome oh, it won't this time. I'll try it one more time to bring me hope. It doesn't. Thinking maybe just this time. It doesn't. Hope delayed. Makes the heart sick. Now listen, follow me with this. Satan first fights to keep your soul. And when he loses that battle to the saving grace of Jesus Christ, he fights for your hope. Let me say that again. Again, Satan first fights for your soul. And when he loses that battle, by the saving grace of Jesus Christ, he fights for your hope. Satan knows this, that if he can have your hope in anything but Christ, your heart will be sick. And listen, a sick and wounded warrior is no threat on the battlefield. You know we're in a battle, right? We have been called as Christians to join the battle, to rescue people who are, who are on a destination to hell. We are called to the, to the battlefield of sharing the gospel with those that God plants us around, to, to living out the gospel in our lives. We're in a battle, but if Satan can cause us to be sick or wounded, we're no threat on the battlefield. Remember, a hope delayed makes the heart sick. A wounded warrior is just as effective as a warrior who never entered or has been removed from the battle. Go with me to the, to the jungles of Colombia. Just let's go on a trip real quick. You ready? You got your passport? Let's get on the airplane. Whoop, we're there. You ready? Now we're going to walk into the jungles of, uh, of Colombia. And we come up on an indigenous Indian hut, grass hut, thatch roof hut, and, and we're invited inside. And those indigenous Indians are so welcoming, they're so glad to have us there, and they began to, they began to, uh, to put food out in front of you, and they began to put cups of, of some type of drink out in front of you. I can guarantee you the first thing you are going to do is you are going to look at the career missionary that took you to that Indian hut. And you're going to ask him, is this safe to eat? Right? Anybody, anybody else? Or any, anybody just going to go, oh, food. Okay. No, man, I'm telling you, I can almost guarantee you that even if you are the, uh, the most adventurous eater, that happened to us several years ago. Kim and I, we walk in, we're in the jungles, we're with a career missionary, and we come up on, a, on an Indian hut who the missionary, he had never even seen this hut before, and he had been there for several years. It's a new, it's a new home. 
They put a glass of something in front of us, a cup of something in front of us. And uh, I looked at Kim. Kim looked at me. Neither one of us was an authority on the figure, so we looked at the missionary. And we, we didn't say it out loud. We were just like, uh, he could tell in our eyes. And he's like, it's safe. But can you imagine for a moment, if you were there and you were, and you, and you were sitting there inside that little hut and, and they laid that food in front of you and they laid that drink in front of you and you looked at that career missionary and you asked him, is it safe to eat? And he said, no, don't eat it. It will make you deathly ill. Just don't eat it. What category of person would you be in if you just said, eh, just drank it and started eating. That would be the fool category. <laughs> Are you with me? The, the, the career missionary who knows the field, who knows the food, who knows the situation says, no, 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 listen, don't eat it. It will make you sick. It will destroy you. None of us, I don't think any of us in here fit in that fool category. I don't think any of us would eat it. We would take his word for it and we'd say, no, thank you, I'm not hungry. God says, hope delayed. When we place our hope in anything but Jesus Christ, listen, our hope will be delayed and ultimately we will be canceled. And God says it makes our heart sick and a wounded warrior is ineffective on the battlefield. Hope delayed makes the heart sick. So what do we do? What do, what do we do? How, 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 how do we not have a delayed hope? Turn over to Psalm chapter 38. Psalm chapter 38, verse 15. Y'all with me? You good? All right. Your few pages turning. Psalm 38, verse The psalmist, I don't have time to go through the whole, the whole chapter, but he's, he, he is under the weight of his own sin and the consequences of his sin. Hey, how many, how many of you ever, you've, you've sinned, you've asked God for forgiveness, but the consequences are still there? Right? We've, all, we've been there, right? We've, we've sinned and, we've, and we, we've asked God for forgiveness, but the, the consequences are still there. And this is what the psalmist is writing under. Not only is he under the weight of his own consequences, but he's also under the weight of an enemy that is trying to destroy him. So he has these two battles. He has this internal battle and he has this external battle. And he is crying out to God, asking God uh, to, to save him, asking God uh, to help him. And then he says this in verse 15, For I put... My hope, here it is, key phrase, in you, Lord. For I put my hope in you. You will answer me. My Lord, my God. I put my hope in you, Lord. Let me... Um, Follow me through another illustration. You ready now? This time we're going to leave uh, the jungles of India and we're going to go uh, to a place where maybe a little, we're a little bit more comfortable with. And that is, let's, let's say Fort Worth, Texas. You ready? You like Fort Worth? How many of you like Fort Worth? You like Fort Worth, Texas? I love Fort Worth. All right, so let's go to Fort Worth, Texas and let's go to like the largest car lot in Fort Worth, Texas. Maybe a, 
a CarMax or something along those lines. Um, and, and, and we, let's step on the lot of that CarMax. And this, I mean, we're acres and acres and acres, thousands and thousands and thousands of cars. I think I have a picture, if you will put it up on the screen, of this wonderful place. Uh, maybe not the one in Fort, but I mean, is that overwhelming to anybody? Just to, all right. So, so we, we, this is an aerial view of a car lot. Can you, so we, we stand on this lot and can you imagine what would happen if the dealer came up and he said, today is your lucky day. Now it is a car lot and you're probably thinking, oh boy, here we go, right? But let's just pretend he's being honest with you. Pretend that the car dealer's being honest with you. Let's just pretend the dealer's being honest with you. He says, today is your lucky day. You just won a car. Any of these cars on this thousands and thousands of options, any car on this lot, you just won one of them. And not only that, it doesn't stop there. It gets better, right? You won $50 million dollars. Woo, right? Yeah, man, we're getting excited now. We want a car and we won $50 million, but he says, here's the catch. Here's the key to the car. And here's the $50 million check, but this check has to be deposited in the bank in the next 30 minutes for you to be able to get it. And you're 20 minutes away from the closest bank. All right, can you do it? But hold on, there's another catch. Here's the key to the car that will get you, that you can have, you can have it, it's free, it's yours. This car will get you to the bank to deposit your $50 million. But here's the deal, out of these thousands of cars, acres and acres, only one of them has enough gas to get you to the bank. And what's worse, this one key fits every car on the car lot. Anybody have a little anxiety going on right now? Like, which, which? I mean, it's not like you can like do the key fob like the lady out in the grocery store like trying to find her car. Right? Like you're, I don't know why I said lady. I've seen men do it too, sorry. That was my bad. I've done it. I don't know why I even said that. Um, I mean, you got to go, you got to open up every car and turn it on with the gas gas. You, you have a 10-minute window, 20 minutes to get to the bank. You only have 30 minutes to, to deposit the check. Thousands of options. But only one will get you where you want to go. And some of those options look really, really good. Some of those options, I mean, the car, it might, it might you might put the key in and, and it starts and it, it will get you out the parking lot. But, I mean, as soon as you turn right out of the parking lot and you start heading down the freeway, it runs out of gas. Oh, you got to run back to the car dealer. Maybe some of the, some of the options, they will, they will get you really, really close. But there's only one. There's only one car that has enough gas that will get you to the bank. And it's probably a four-door Jeep truck. I'm just saying. 
That's probably what it is. No. You see where I'm going with this? Hope in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ alone. Not only for our eternity, but for our today. We can only find the joy that God has has created us to experience in Him. We can only find the true peace, no matter what the circumstances are. We can only find it in Him and in Him alone. The psalmist says, For I put my hope, I put my confident assurance in you. You will answer me, Lord, my God. So how do we do it? How, how can we? Because I've been making this statement, a confident assurance that God is faithful to give us the joy and the peace no matter the circumstances. How, literally, like, I'm not, how do we do that? Like, no matter the circumstances, yes. No matter the circumstances. But it, it is, it, it, there's a process. There's something that we must do. There's an action that we must take. It's not going to come just simply by being saved. The saved is great. It's incredible for our, for our life now. It's incredible for our eternity. But listen, I'm talking about living in, 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 for our soul to be healthy the way God that created our soul. There must be something that we do. And I want you to turn with me to the book of Lamentations. Lamentations. Honestly, you might have to turn to the table of contents. It's not a book that we go to very often. It's right after Jeremiah. Jeremiah is actually, uh, some believe, is the author of the book of Lamentations. It's an entire book on, on how to cry out to God and trust Him with the answer. And we, to be honest with you, as Christians, I think we struggle in this area. We really struggle on how to cry out to God, literally how to complain to God and still do so humbly. I've heard it said this way, that, that it is okay for us to cry out to God, for us to complain to God about what we are going through, whether that is self-inflicted or whether that's externally afflicted. It is okay for us to cry out to God, for us to complain to God, as long as we don't do so with a clenched fist. As long as we don't do so with, a, with an angry, uh, um, um, how dare you God attitude. It's okay to do so as long as we do so humbly. With an open hand. Oh God, I, I don't like what's going on. I, I think about the small businesses in New Mexico and literally all around the United States, but we're very close right here to New Mexico. Just, I mean, there, there, there is a time for, for, for us to weep for them. For us to literally to, to lament and to cry out to God and say, God, this seems so unfair. But we do so, not with a clenched fist and, and a tight jaw, but we do so humbly. And that's what's going on here in Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 3. Here's what I want you to see. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21 through 26. Again, Jeremiah, if he is the author of Lamentations, he is, he, he, he is writing from a place of, of frustration. He is writing from a place of hurt. But notice what he says. Yet, because of the hurt, because of the affliction, and you can read that earlier on, I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. What is it that the writer is calling to mind? Look at verse 22. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. 
Listen, brothers and sisters in Christ, you and I will never, as children of God, we will never perish. We will never be destroyed. We do not perish, for His mercies never end. Verse 23, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Verse 24, I say, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will, here's the word again, I will put my hope in Him. I will put my confident assurance in Jesus Christ. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the person who seeks Him. It is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. Listen, here's how I can say that you and I can have hope in Jesus Christ. No matter the circumstances, we must do the same thing that the writer of Lamentations does. He gives, the writer of Lamentations gives us four reasons that we can praise God and have hope today. You ready? I want you to see the first one. The first is this. We can praise God and have hope today, no matter the circumstances, because the Lord is faithful. Look again at verse 22. Verse 22 says this, because of the Lord's faithfulness. That's why I can have hope, because of the Lord's faithful. That's the first reason that we can praise Him. That's the first reason that we can have hope in Him, because He is faithful. God is faithful. The second reason, His mercies never end. Again, in verse 22, because the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish, for His mercies never end. Listen, God's mercies are when God withholds something from us uh, negative that we deserve. We deserve the wrath of God, don't we? As sinners, we, we deserve that. But his, his mercy, it's a, it's a protection. God, God protects us. God removes what we deserve, pours out his love on us. So that's the second reason we can praise God and have hope today, because every single day his mercies are brand new. Tomorrow, every day, every day God's mercies are new. And He gives us the strength to go through the day. We don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have to know the answers of how this all is going to end. We can just trust God. You're a faithful God. We do not perish. Your mercies are new every single day. Number three, the third reason we can praise God and have hoped for today. Notice it's a repetition of verse 22. Great is your faithfulness. God is faithful and His faithfulness is great. It's a, it, it's a well that never runs dry. We can, never, we can never suck God dry of His faithfulness. He's faithful. In the fourth, verse 25, fourth reason that we can praise God and have hope today. Verse 25 says this, The Lord is good to those who... This is hard, right? Wait. It's hard to wait on God, isn't it? God, give me patience and give it to me now. <laughs> That's our motto. We want things now. But in God's perfect timing, He blesses us. The Lord is good to those who 
wait. We can see his goodness when we will when we will just wait. I mean, how often now are we able with 2020 vision to be able to look back and see, oh, God, you are so good. I mean, if I would have had it my way, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done it that way. And you you saved me. You you spared me a lot of trouble, a lot of heartache. But I can tell you, I've never I've never looked back 2020 and said, God, <laughs> I could have done it better. But looking forward, how often do we say, come on, God, I think I think there's a better way to do this. Oh, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. Listen, because of these four things, we can rejoice in hope regardless of the circumstances. But here's here's our part. Listen, that's God's part. God is faithful. God is good. His mercies are, 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 are always new every single morning. But watch this. This is our part. I must be willing to do what the writer of Lamentations does. Look, look what he does. In verse 21, he is recalling God's faithfulness. And here's what I believe that we must do. Daily, we must recall God's faithfulness. The faithfulness we read about in Scripture, the faithfulness that we see in our, in our own life, how God has been faithful as we, as we look back and we, and we take some type of account of what God has done in our life. We can daily say, oh God, thank you for being faithful in this situation. Thank you for being faithful in this situation. Oh God, as I read your word, thank you for being faithful. That's what the writer of Lamentations is doing. He is recalling the faithfulness of God. And we, if we are going to rejoice in hope, regardless of the circumstances, we must do the same thing. That's the first thing we must do. The second thing I believe we must do is this, daily declare that the Lord is my portion. Daily declare that the Lord is my portion. The Lord is is all that I need. I, I talked about this at one of the funerals this past week, Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. There's nothing else that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. He is my portion. And so I believe for us to be able to rejoice in hope, no matter what the circumstances are, then we must say this, God, you are good. God, you are faithful. And you are all that I need. Oh, everything else. Man, God, I'm thankful that you have given me this. I'm thankful that you have blessed me with this. God, I'm thankful for this. It's nothing wrong with us for praising God for the things that he has given us. But ultimately, if all of that was taken away, taken away we could say, as Job says, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord is my portion. Listen, when the Lord isn't enough, we will find ourselves struggling with hope. Because if God isn't enough, then we're trying to add, we're, okay, God, man, you're, you're great for Sunday. God, you are great for my eternity. But really, for my joy here on earth, I need to add these other little things. Now listen. Daily declare, God, you are my portion. You are my all. The third thing that we must do to be able to rejoice in hope regardless of the circumstances, intentionally place my anticipation in Him. God is good, isn't He? Look at, look at verse 24. 
You'll see this, verse 24. I say the Lord is my portion, therefore I will put my hope in him. My, my anticipation that God is going to do something good, that God is faithfully going to come through, that God has my best interest in mind for his honor and for his glory, that means I can anticipate God to do great things. I don't know about you, but there are more days that I wake up anticipating the bad things that anticipating God going to do something good. Anybody else or is it just? Intentionally place my anticipation in Him. Verse 24, verse 25. Oh, and this is the hard one. Wait on Him and trust His timing. Wait on Him and trust His timing. God is always on time. God is never late. He's never early. God is always on time. And so, so listen, we can, yes, we can lament. We can cry out to God. God, I don't like this situation that we're in. I don't like what's going on in our country. I don't like what's going on in my family. I don't like what's going on at work. God, this seems so unfair. Yes, we should be able to do that. We should be able to cry out to God, but not with a clenched fist. We should be able to do that with a humble heart. But at the end, we must say, oh, but my hope, my joy is not dependent on those things. My joy is in you and in you alone. My peace is in you and in you alone. Listen, we can experience that. It's not just for the Bible, you know, the writers of the Bible. It's not just for the super saints out there. Listen, each and every one of us can enjoy that type of joy and peace. But we must go to the Lord. Thank you for joining us for worship at FBC Farwell. If you made a decision for Christ, please let us know by contacting Pastor Russ at russ at fbcfarwell.org. We would love to connect with you and walk alongside you in your faith journey. We have some great resources to send you that will help you grow in your faith. As we close, I want to say thank you for listening today. If God leads you to give to the ministry of FBC Farwell, you can text FBC Farwell to the number 77977. Thank you for your generosity.